and welcome back to the Power Switch, gaming's call and talk radio show. My name is Peter Spezia, and today is March 17th, 2019. This is the 59th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com call. On today's episode, Halo The Master Chief Collection on PC and Steam Link Anywhere in our headline roundup. Our main topic is predictions before Google makes their big news at GDC. And then we will get to your calls if you're tuning in live on Discord. Well, I hope you've been having a great week with games. I just beat Devil May Cry 5 this morning and boy, that was a good time. I think it's right now at the top of my game of the year list. It's early in 2019, certainly, but I honestly think I'd put it ahead of Kingdom Hearts 3. I mean, I just had more fun with it in general. People call it like a video game ass video game. And like, it's why video games can be fun with not taking itself too seriously. Just makes you feel like a badass. It's a great time, even if you don't know too much about the Devil May Cry lore. So I definitely recommend it on that front, especially if you're a fan of character action games like Bayonetta. Uh, they do have a movie in the main menu for Devil May Cry to kind of catch you up the bit that you need to know about the story, but I found it really interesting that as a casual fan of Devil May Cry, like never been that good at the games, but always followed the story, kind of paid attention from the outside, jumped into this one, had a great time with it. So highly, highly recommended there. Well, GDC Game Developers Conference is this week, and certainly a lot of news will be coming from that on the video game front. We'll talk about Google and what they'll have to offer soon, but for now, let's catch you up with what's happening in games with our headline roundup. Dreams do come true for Halo fans this past week. On the Inside Xbox show, Microsoft announced that Halo, the Master Chief Collection, will be coming to PC later this year to the Microsoft Store and Steam. Like, that's a big deal. I mean, could have gone with Epic, could have gone anywhere else, but no with Steam. Again, the release date is later this year, and the Steam listing shows that Xbox Live will be required to actually play the game. They didn't specify if gold is necessary or not, and I would imagine it would if you're looking to do Halo multiplayer on PC, so just... Keep in mind with that, but you'll at least need an Xbox Live login to play. Maybe that's some of the back-end stuff that's going on with Xbox and PC experiences merging, right? Uh, but the bigger deal, I would almost argue, out of all that, is Halo Reach is coming to the Master Chief Collection for everybody. PC, Xbox One players. The PC version is actually going to be rolling out all of its Halo games one by one, so that 343 can kind of test and make sure everything's operating okay. And Reach is going to be first, supposedly, in all of that. So, kind of gives you a time frame on when Reach might hit the Xbox version. And oddly enough, the Reach version will be split on Xbox One. The multiplayer will be included free. That's no problem, free update. But Campaign and Firefight are bundled together as what they call a premium digital add-on, which means you're going to have to pay for it even if you own the Disc of Master Chief Collection. Of course, if you're an Xbox Game Pass member, this is all included free of charge. 
So this is just a really big deal. I mean, some players have you know played Halo, at least the original combat evolved on PC. It was a different version with different balance tweakings. There was online multiplayer, but this is bringing everything and now adding reach to the mix. I mean, you basically have everything there, right? It's, it's a really big deal. And to see it coming to PC, it's, it's gonna be, it's a massive announcement just to say it's happening, but I'll be more interested to see when it actually rolls out, when they give further specifics on that. But congratulations, Microsoft. And we were talking about that last week. Glad that went and actually happened. Both parts, actually. Speaking of Xbox Live, uh, Microsoft confirmed that Xbox Live will be coming to iOS and Android. This is through their Microsoft GameStack package, which will be available to developers uh, for them to use a variety of Microsoft tools and services. This is their pre-GDC announcement. Microsoft says, quote, GameStack brings together all of our game development platforms, tools, and services, such as Azure, PlayFab, DirectX, Visual Studio, Xbox Live, App Center, and Havoc into a robust ecosystem that any game developer can use. The goal of GameStack is to help you easily discover the tools and services you need to create and operate your game. Now, they didn't say that these were coming to games on Nintendo Switch or PlayStation 4 yet, certainly, though maybe that's another news announcement later down the line when Nintendo and Microsoft work out terms so that Xbox Live games or Xbox development in general can come over nicely to Nintendo Switch. I don't see Sony playing along anytime soon. Maybe it'll take another whole generation before everyone gets under one big ecosystem of sharing games like that, right? But it's a big deal uh, for right now for Microsoft, again, to stop focusing on Xbox just as a console and to broaden their services into a more service and game-based, you know, sort of platform wherever any screen is. So that's it's a really bold step. And again, it's just the GDC news is going to start rolling out, just like Valve is with Steam, announcing that Steam Link Anywhere is entering beta. Now, some of you may own a Steam Link device. I happen to have two, got them for really cheap, where the idea is it would be taking your Steam gameplay on your PC that, you know, runs PC games pretty well and streams the video to any screen in your house. You connect the Steam Link device through an HDMI port to a TV in your house and it streams whether it's wired network, wireless network, works really nicely. I've always been impressed when I've used that Steam Link device. Well, now an update for the Steam client says that Steam Link Anywhere is letting players stream games to your Steam Link anywhere. Uh, you could be on a whole other network entirely, not just on your home network, as long as your computer has good upload speed and the Steam Link device, wherever it is, has good download network connection, that sort of transfer can happen. We're seeing the streaming of games becoming more and more prevalent in the industry. And this is just on a sort of home network sort of front expanding out from there because Steam's been doing that across the home network for a while now, but to bring it outside that, that's a big deal. To use it, you need to update your Steam client to the beta build, which is dated March 13th or later. Then you add a computer and select other computer and follow those pairing instructions. But again, as we see more companies broaden out into game streaming, this is just another example of that. We've seen Gearbox start to tease out what they could be announcing at PAX East. Now, Gearbox has always been a company that likes their announcements made at PAX, and we've seen Borderlands games in the past announced at 
PAXs, whether it's West or Prime back then as it was called, or even at PAX East. Well, PAX East is coming up. Gearbox's panel is March 28th. And so when they tweet out, a cell-shaded and blood-splattered sign in a desert environment. It says, Exit 3, March 28th, Boston, Massachusetts. Probably as good a sign as any that Borderlands 3 will, in fact, be announced. I mean, it's, it's the all-but-confirmed sort of situation, right? So, expect that. But then there were three more tweets from Gearbox throughout the week. Uh, with a picture like this, like a red hallway with this room that's lit overhead. The lower half of a robot is connected to wires on a reclining chair. And they're just saying, you know, teasing another game to be announced. And same with this one. It's a scene from Borderlands 2 with Maya the Siren. It's in a very low resolution. Could that be a Borderlands 2 port coming to Switch? I don't see how it isn't, uh, to be honest. Again, saying another game announcement to be teased. Uh, for for packs and here's one more it's just a black background with a large red ampersand again could there be four games announced from gearbox i mean i would hope this is all not saying that this is only all just for borderlands 3 right but it certainly seems from the teases like four games are going to be announced from gearbox at pax east which is crazy i mean say borderlands 3 borderlands 2 on switch what are those other two Something to keep an eye on. And then, as far as rumor and speculation goes, an interesting article popped up this week where it's speculated that Sony could be buying Take-Two. This came from Market Watch, where they referenced, oh, well, well Take-Two Interactive Software is up, you know, 1.21% at the time of this article, but they say shares jumped 6.9%, its best day since October 2018. Joel Kulina, head of technology and media trading at Wedbush Securities. That's the company I think that Michael Pactor either worked for or still worked for, in case if you're curious about the name. But Joel here referenced rumors about potential takeover interest from Sony Corp SNE in a note to clients. I mean, Plaza, they're in deep advanced talks. Could it not just be that, you know, the stock is up because of speculation that Take-Two, which owns Rockstar and 2K, in case you didn't know that, like that's a big, big deal, especially with Rockstar. But 2K, are, they're all part of you know Gearbox there. So Borderlands 3 being teased might have a reason why the stock is up, perhaps. But no, th these these business types are speculating that Sony could be in advanced stages of possibly buying Take Two. And then talk kind of got tampered down a little bit because journalists hadn't heard a darn thing about all of that. Uh, kind of reminding people in the past about rumors of Microsoft could buy EA or Apple could buy Nintendo. I mean, when you start talking about stock prices, which aren't the biggest and best thing to kind of make speculation on, uh, not, not the best thing to do. Just want to throw it out there as far as the speculation of game news and the history therein is just a, a certain odd headline to see this week. Game and release date announcements from the past week. The Messenger comes to PlayStation 4 on March 19th. If you have not played The Messenger yet, either on Switch or PC, highly recommended. One of my top 10 favorite games of last year. So glad it's finally coming to PS4. And then there's a free DLC, Summer Expansion, later this year. So very excited about that. 
Battlefield 5 Firestorm, which is their Battle Royale mode, announced that it'll be coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC on March 25th. Harry Potter Wizards Unite comes to iOS and Android in 2019. This is Niantic's take on the Pokemon Go-ization of the Harry Potter franchise. So very interesting to see how well that will do. Back for Blood is a game from Turtle Rock, the makers of Left 4 Dead and Evolve, trying to have it be the spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead with co-op zombie action. Warner Brothers apparently partnering and publishing. Dates to be announced, but to come to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And then No Man's Sky Beyond, also to be announced as far as a release date, but the next big expansion for No Man's Sky comes to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. But let's get to the main topic. We are on the precipice of seeing what Google has to offer at GDC this year. Their keynote is on Tuesday, March 19th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 10 a.m. Pacific. And Google has had a presence at GDC in, for at least 10 years now, right? But it's always been focusing on Android and mobile games and development kits for those. This is going to be massive. If all these rumors and industry talk and by all means, Google's teaser trailer that they put out with a week to go, I mean, teasing big things for this announcement. The vice president of Google's hardware is talking this up as something not to be missed. I mean, hardware, when we're talking about phones and Google home devices, I mean, that kind of side of things. So it's going to be very interesting to see what will happen because we've seen Google beta test Project Stream at the end of last year with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And impressions from that were really good because Google has the internet infrastructure to make sure that the lag is as minimal as they can make it. So I'm sure we'll be seeing a rollout for that service, but there's also big talk about a console under the codename Project Metallurgy. And the idea that many have is that this could be too skew. Again, we've been talking about it the last few weeks, generally with Microsoft's future plans in mind with Scarlet and Lockhart and Anaconda. But the idea of a lower priced box gets you in the Google infrastructure and it's really handling the streaming technology. That's really all it can do. It can't power the main games but then a higher priced box could rival maybe Xbox One X potentially as a next gen targeted device. Uh, that could be entirely possible as well. So I kind of wanted to run down the key points of what to look for and what I'm most interested to see from this conference from most important to least important. And we'll start with the key message, honestly. There has to be a notion of why they're getting into the industry in this way. And it's pretty clear why they're getting into streaming because Google can certainly handle it if they're doing, they have the infrastructure for YouTube and YouTube TV. Like that's clear. They can do game streaming, but the case honestly has to be made for a console. Why get into the box hardware console business when you already have Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, is a fourth player really needed in that sense? Really wanted to see what they have to say about that. Is it a compelling case? Not just for the industry, but for consumers as well. 
Next, a console isn't anything without its game offerings. So the software partners is the next thing I really want to see. Now, Google is talking about developer day sessions that are following their press conference. And they're talking that Ubisoft and id are going to be at one session. Amy Hennig, you know, the Uncharted games, the creator and story director there. The I mean, that that's a big deal. She was on the ragtag game, the Star Wars game that Visceral was doing before that got scrapped. So she had a an article recently that was really interesting that uh, can single player narrative games even survive? I mean, yes, they can be made, but do they make sense for publishers? And so maybe Google's recruiting her to make her vision of what her next game should be. That would be very exciting for me. I really want to see what that is. But she would also be joined by Crystal Dynamics. And Crystal Dynamics, they're supposed to be working on that Avengers Project game, right? We haven't heard about that in more than two years now. What's going on? So I wonder if something like that is possibly in the works. Then there's the news that Jade Raymond has been hired as a VP at Google. Can't say for what. But if she is heading up the gaming division at Google as a VP, that's a really good get. She's big for the industry, certainly. When we're talking about rumors of you know Project Metallurgy and that name being thrown about, I uh, remember last week we were talking about Sega. If Sega is going to have a case to make, will Sega be at this conference? Something to keep in mind. I mean, that probably has the lowest you know, sort of validity. I mean, Google hasn't talked about Sega at all like they have the others, but just something to keep in mind. Like if people have been hearing about Sega and Google, does that actually come to fruition? So we know key message will be critical. Software partners are necessary to make great games for the, the console, but let's talk about pricing because if you're going to enter the market, the pricing is also really necessary to get just right. And I think we have to look at the two levels, if they do happen. Let's look at the streaming box. Let's look at the console. For the streaming box, there are kind of three certain levels I'd like to look at for each of these. There's a kind of maximum that they could maybe still get away with. There's a reasonable price. And then there's a price that would make it a big success. I think you could see Google for a streaming box like that going out at a max of 149 US dollars. Uh, 150 would put it in the okay, that's a little pricey, but maybe there are features that make it justifiable. You could still pe see people getting it at 150. 175, 200, not for just that kind of box, right? You have to keep it low to have the entry point. Google likes to price things oddly, so I could see it happening at 129. It's an odd kind of price window that Google sometimes likes to inhabit with certain devices, so I think that's a reasonable price and I could see them hitting that 129 price point and saying, yep, that's where we're hitting it at. But if you drop it down to $99, I make it, you know, sub 100, but you know, technically $100, right? If let's be honest, uh, that makes it really compelling for people to say, yeah, I'll buy a box for $100 to, I mean, separate from, let's keep in mind, Google Chrome browsers were running tests for Project Stream. So like anyone who can run a Google Chrome browser would kind of be in that target environment as long as you can hook up a controller or have a Bluetooth controller or something like that. I mean, let's keep that in mind. But if someone wants a separate box for the TV that just handles the streaming, 99 would be a killer price. If we're talking about the console box itself though, it really depends on the power. So I would imagine, let's say if it's comparable to Xbox One X, what makes it really good and competitive? 
I say to enter the game industry, I think you got to have 399 be your max point. You can't argue it's going to be the same as an Xbox One X, which has the name recognizability of already being established in the game industry. You can't say 499, same price as an Xbox One X. Now, please buy our new box that is untested. I, I think that's a little, you know, not wise. Uh, so let's say 399, I think it would be that max point. 349 would probably be that reasonable area. And then if you make a powerful Xbox One X like box and make it at 299, that's kind of a success in that book. Again, it's really going to depend on the software partners and what games are coming to the box and how many other third parties are you able to say, yeah, our game is being made for PS4 and Xbox One and it's really powerful, but now it's also coming to this Google box. Next, how are you going to play the games? And I think this is where the controller renders from last week from the patent come into play. How accurate is the controller to those renders? And then also what makes it special? Aside from, you know, the Google Assistant integration. I mean, I'm sure that could be an interesting feature that could maybe link up with other Google devices in your house, right? You know, things attached to your Google account. Uh, but you got to have a comfortable controller if you want players to play on it for long periods of time, right? You know, there's the key message, the software partners, the pricing, the controller. After that is probably the name. The name is... Not important, but also kind of important. You kind of want a good name to catch on in the marketplace. But at the same time, we saw something like Nintendo Wii, which seemed like the silliest name in the world. And that went off like gangbusters, right? So it's in a way it's important for marketability, but it's not as important to a console's success. But I'm sure we will see names, certainly. And I don't know why. I mean, just the name for a console from Google, Chromebox is sticking into my head for whatever reason. Maybe it's because we've seen Chromecast and that's such a successful device for them to beam video streaming to, you know, an HDMI connected device in your TV. And Chromecast, you know, rolls off the tongue, but if you're looking to compete with the Xbox or devices like that and you use Google Chrome for streaming, Project Metallurgy is a big deal. I'm just going to throw the name Chromebox out there. But again, it can be anything and probably will be anything other than that. Uh, and then finally, the date. Uh, you know, you got to know when is this hardware push going to enter the industry. Uh, you could certainly launch the streaming service sooner than later, honestly. And then anything this year would be ahead of whatever Microsoft and Sony have scheduled. So you kind of have a leg up, even if you say it's fall this year or whatever. But I do think that we see the launch of the stream service first before the box itself or the boxes, uh, probably because of the general success that the beta had for the stream service. Uh, you could easily see that rolled out and saying it's available now or rolling out this week or this month into your Google Chrome browsers anywhere and make sure later to pick up these boxes. Just a lot of fascinating discussion and talking points that I wanted to kind of get to because I hope you'll tune in on Tuesday if you're able to at 1 Eastern or 10 a.m. Pacific because we may have a new player in the industry and I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot next week.
So that is what I have to say. This is the point of the show now where we transition. We talk to the callers who are tuning in live on our Discord. We've got some people listening. Thank you so much for that. But if you're eager to join in the conversation, you are certainly welcome to. That's the point of the show. I want to make myself available to you every Sunday afternoon to kind of catch up the week in games and hear what you have to say. I mean, it doesn't have to be about the main topic necessarily, or it could be about the headlines. Even if you're enjoying a game recently, could it be Devil May Cry 5? Could it be anything else? You're really excited for for Sekiro to come out this week. Love to hear from you about it. Again, that's rhymeswithasia.com slash call. Well, let's talk about those games that are coming out this week. Turok comes to Nintendo Switch on Monday, March 18th. Doesn't look the best, but of course, it's just the transition from the N64 game, right? Turok 2 to be announced at a later time, but Turok coming March 18th. Fate Extella Link comes to PS4, Switch, Vita, and PC on Tuesday, March 19th. Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom, The Tale of a Timeless Tome DLC comes to PS4 and PC on Tuesday, March 19th. Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, Everybody. <laughs> that name is so, so silly. Everybody comes to PS4 and Switch on Wednesday, March 20th. You've been seeing that in all the different, was it Nintendo Direct or Inside Xbox? It's like, oh yeah, and don't forget this, along with all the Final Fantasy games, just find that one very interesting. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice comes to PS4, Xbox One, and PC on Friday, March 22nd. It's the next Hidetaka Miyazaki game, the Next, you know, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, kind of the next game in that lineage, but it just plays differently. Check out some videos if you're interested. The combat looks more in your face and more reliant on the parry, the perfect shield timing. I'm I'm definitely really curious and want to pick that one up for sure. So that's my recommendation for the week. And then Unravel 2 comes to Nintendo Switch on Friday, March 22nd to bring your adventures with Yarny on the go. And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com, and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. I am at Pete Speakeasy. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at PowerSwitchPod at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. Now, it's a small but a growing community, so now is the perfect time to have your voice heard on this podcast. If you'd like a YouTube video to watch this week, uh, my wife introduced me to uh, Dark Squidge, which is the alternate video channel of Tomska, who is the popular British comedian on YouTube. Uh, on his Dark Squidge channel, he runs a series called Content or Hashtag Content, where it's just doing whatever with his friends, whatever comes to mind. Had an interesting video that's, it's an older one, but, you know, I was introduced to it. The Presentation Game, where he has a monitor behind him and random meme pictures come up and he have, has to have a presentation on different topics and then refer to the screen and kind of improv on the fly. It's Amusing to see what happens back there, but the whole content series is great. Highly recommended for some good YouTube watching fun. And yeah, this is going to be a good week for games. I mean, not just on the software front with Sekiro to continue a really strong march, but also, I mean, man, this this Google announcement, I'm excited. 
Like it, it's not a Nintendo Direct, sure, and it's not a big E3 conference. So what will Sony and Microsoft do for their future plans? But to have another possible party enter the video game industry, that is so exciting. And I'm really interested to see all those different talking points from that main topic. Just rattle them all off. Show them, show us why we need this Google device or service in our lives. I'm, I'm really excited and I hope you are too. So that should do it. Uh, stay tuned to the Discord channel as everything develops. And regardless, whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spezia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.